this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Um, hello, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm here to to take care of the burial for my my dog Rex from Yellow Lab. Yeah, we could put it over here. There's a little spot. Was it like a special spot? Is there anything nice about it? I mean, no, I, it's, I really love this dog. No, not really. It's just a little hole in the ground. I dug it earlier today. I don't know. We'll just toss it in there. No big deal. You got the money? Uh, I mean, yeah, I got the money, but I don't think you're taking this very seriously. I don't, I don't think you understand how this dog was like a family member to me. It's, I, I had it since I was a little kid. Listen, I buddy, I just want to shred my guitar. So put your dog in the hole. And let's get to this. It's Gates of Heaven on the Pod of Dreams. I can know you very well, but when I turn my back, I don't know you. Not truly, but my little dog, I can turn my back on my little dog, and I know he's back there. He's my little friend. He's not going to jump on me or bite me or anything like that. Well, we're here to put Caesar in the ground today and just tell us a little about Caesar so that we can uh, have as much personal feeling about this as, as you do. God is supposed to know when the sparrow falls, when the lilies of the field bloom. So surely at the gates of heaven, an all-compassionate God or an all-compassionate supreme being is surely not going to say, well, you're walking in on two legs. You can go in. You're walking in on four legs. We can't take you. There's going to have to be an advanced selling program. I'd like to be selling in Los Angeles and getting the, the cemeteries there and starting another one in Los Angeles. Uh, maybe Seattle. It is a very... Uh, when, a, when a dog dies suddenly, like Trooper died, the moment of decision came. What do we do with him? And I could often think of, the, uh, of Trooper's face, and i say, where are you going to put me? There's something to life that, even when you discard something of an inanimate nature, you dispose of it with some kind of a reverence. And I believe that we'll all be reunited. I really do. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. She got me to believe in that now. I never believed in it, but uh, before, but I still do. Because after all, there's your dog. Your dog's dead. But where's the thing that made it move? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pod of Dreams. If you listen, we will pod. I'm Ben Lewis with uh, Eric Lane. Eric, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. This is your number one favorite movie. Yeah, let's get movie. this out of the way. I am. And I, I know you don't. I don't need to know much more. We already did one Errol Morris movie, Tabloid, and other than like THX 1138, I don't think you've liked a movie less. It's right up there. I think it's probably number two on your least liked movies that we've done on this podcast. Uh, uh, no, I, no. Um, I think Halloween 3 Season of the Witch was... Oh, so it, bump it down to three. Yeah. Uh, the, the third least liked. So it's it's not as bad as that those was, two. Uh, that was my least... Well, no, THX is my least. It's not even close. But Does that one actually seem to make you mad? It made you, me was, upset. Yeah, you, I was, was upset were, like, by that. You at yourself and the movie and all of it. Just the you world, felt like you've been duped. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You were just resentful. Um, what's the worst part? Because uh, there's a lot about this movie I love and want to highlight and bring up. But I also know you just... It's just silly people talking about well, see, pets. And you don't like pets either. Like you, you don't that's have fal- pets. That's a false narrative. It's not that I just. I'm saying it doesn't not, help. It's not as important to me as it is to some people having pets. That's fine. But this is a movie ostensibly, uh, I use that word deliberately, about pet cemeteries and how people view and deal with their pets and so, I mean, have you ever had it? You've never had a pet, or have you had Oh, one? yeah. When I was a kid, for sure. Okay. Did you have any emotional attachment to it, or are you like, there's just an animal here? Yeah, like, but why that's not what this movie is about, is it? Well, what do you think the movie's about, Eric? Let's start there. Well, I, I think I think that the filmmaker was confused about what this movie was about. I think... So, the premise was 
there's a pet cemetery that's getting torn down, right? And they have to move the pets. The, or the bodies or the graves, right? Isn't that the basic premise of this movie? There's not really a plot in that sense. If you want to pull a plot out, the plot would be, we start with this pet cemetery. But why did failed. he make it? Why did he make it? Like, what was the, is there a purpose behind it? Um, why people do stuff is a complicated question. I don't want to speak with it. So a little bit, Werner Herzog, this will be a little relevant much later in the podcast. Werner Herzog was Errol Morris's film instructor at whatever school they were at on the West coast, I think somewhere in California or wherever. And I, Errol Morris think decided or thought about, or was considering making a movie about a pet cemetery. And Werner Herzog told him, you can't do it. If you do it, if you do successfully make a movie about pet cemeteries, I'll eat my hat or eat my shoe, eat my shoe. And then he goes out and makes the movie. And there's eventually a documentary coming out called, came out called Werner Herzog eats a shoe where literally Werner Herzog eats a shoe. Um, so some of it might've been to just yeah, stick it in Werner Herzog's eyes. Why was a pet cemetery interesting? I don't know. I think he saw this, uh, this pet cemetery in the newspaper. I think he saw that was a weird thing. Like, Oh, they're digging up a bunch of dead animals to move them somewhere else. And I think that interested him for some uh, reason. I was confused though. Do they move them ultimately to the site that we see that the the family with the two boys the and the bubbling well cemetery. So yeah, yeah that's the plot. So okay. there's not really a plot. There's a failed, uh, commercially f- failed pet cemetery because the guy oh. cared, right? I mean, that's the idea. He cared. And he's a about- bad capitalist, right? And he didn't understand the he actual mechanics. A, he just of wanted a, a place that where people cared about because he really cared. I mean, it starts out where he's basically saying like, I don't trust humans, but I trust a pet, like. That's basically Correct. what this guy is saying. And then it ends up, we see where the animals end up, and that's a very commercially successful pet cemetery. So you get this contrast, but it's not about the actual plot of what happens to the animals and why that business failed in particular and why that unsuccessful really. That's pretty obvious, and that's not interesting to Errol Morris or interesting to me. Uh, clearly, the guy didn't understand capitalism and, small bus- and how to run a business. Guy had no clue. He was just like a guy who loved animals and wanted to have a nice place for people to take their pets. But he didn't know how to charge people or how to do it. He couldn't dig the plots. He's in a wheelchair. He couldn't do a lot of the physical stuff. He was just kind of a sweet guy that people liked, but he didn't get, he didn't do contracts. He didn't write contracts and get like it in writing that he could use this land. I mean, everything was a big mess, but the mechanics of that failure isn't really interesting to me. Um, likewise, we see the successful one, you can see why it was successful. It's uh, he, he says we instill sound business Even practices. Got dipshit sons running the fucking place, though. Well, one of them isn't a dipshit. The guy that plays guitar is kind of sad. My, and my favorite guy in this whole thing. It just well, he t- he ends up taking over Bubbling Wells and ran it. He's now like retired. His son is now taking. Oh, really? Okay. The Pet Cemetery is still in existence. He. Anyway, I don't know. We should have taken a road trip to that where we record the podcast at the Pet Cemetery. I would love to visit that place. I I looked at their website. I don't remember what it said. It was like, there was a quote from like the Boston Globe, certainly the biggest and wildest pet cemetery I've ever seen. There's some weird quote like that. Is there other pet cemetery? Like, is there, in your your hometown, is there a pet cemetery that you know of? No, there's not a lot of pet cemeteries. And that's, we could talk about why that is. I'm from a town of 2,000 people. And I, I live in the Des Moines metro area, the greater Des Moines metro area. You know, not actually in Des Moines. I know that's important to you, Eric. But um, no, I don't. I mean, there could be one. I haven't looked. If there is, I haven't noticed it. The concept of a, of somebody paying to bury the pets is a weird one. I mean, it is a weird concept, and what it means and why. I, and I think it's kind of a place you might have to go to somewhere like California to do it. Uh, but the movie doesn't care about – we're not, like, trying to describe what happened in detail and give you all the names. And it even gets kind of confusing. I was just going to say, I, I was confused. I was like, wait, the so beginning, not- The beginning part – I've seen this movie, like, six or seven times. And I still – there's a pastor that gets mentioned. We don't ever interview who's involved. We don't really know what's going on with the people who own the land. We don't have a lot of the mechanics. And, and, and again, I don't, I don't care if you wanted to know in detail what happened. And that's what you thought this movie should be about. Of course, this movie doesn't even try to do that. Certainly. Um, it's kind of confusing. I mean, it is a documentary about something, but well, see, but what is it about here? I'm going to let's, I'm going to, this was something I was going to maybe save for the end, but I, I want to uh, oh, save if it's juicy, save it. Don't it's not juicy. Oh, okay. it, it, this gets to the heart of why I love it. And maybe why you find it listless. 
So this is, I found this movie because of Roger Ebert's great movie list. So I was going down the list of those movies and I was just, back in the days of actual Netflix discs, I was getting movies. If I couldn't find them some other spot, I was getting them from Netflix and watching all of these. And some of them landed, some of them didn't. But this is one that really, really landed with me. And here's a quote from his article on it. Um, he says, every time I show this, it plays differently. Some people think it's about animals. Some people think it's about life and death. I've shown it to a group of bankers who believe it raises all kinds of questions about success, about starting a small business. People think it's funny or sad or deadpan or satirical. satirical. I think that Aaron Morris loved the people in the film or that he's being very cruel to them. I've never had a person tell me it's a bad film or film that doesn't interest them. I'm glad that you'll be, that if Roger Ebert were still alive, you could be the first person to tell him that, you know, the movie does interest you. But that kind of scratches the surface of why I love this movie. If an alien came in and said, give me a movie that explains humans, I would say, here's this movie. This is the best I can do. Just watch this movie. This is as best a summary of humans as I can give you. Because it's absurd and weird and funny and sad and sweet and insane and heartwarming all at once. And there's all these contradictions, right? We start with the guy that gets called Mac, the guy in the wheelchair who started the pet cemetery. He and he doesn't do this with any irony. He doesn't even perceive the irony. This is how people this is how ridiculous people are. He's talking about the rendering plant. So rendering plant recycles animal parts, glue factory, takes all the parts of dead animals and repurposes them to other stuff. We've probably are still relying on rendering plants and they seem unseemly for reasons that don't make a lot of sense. But he said he lived across from one. And he said, I'm sitting there trying to eat. And you have to take a sip of wine because you can't even taste this delicious piece of meat that's right in front of you. That's pure irony. The guy doesn't. So some animals are special and go to heaven and some you cook and eat. Okay. Those animals deserve to die. You're really upset about your dog, your collie that died when you were a kid. Um, all animals go to heaven. Do those. What about heartworms that kill dogs? Do heartworms go to heaven? They're animals. They're living things. Do they have a place in God's kingdom? If not, why not? Why don't heartworms get to get in? Why do dogs get to get in? What about cheetahs? What about raccoons? Because dogs have personality. Well, I know you're going to – it's fine. I like the Pulp Fiction reference, but <laughs> it, it doesn't actually make Better sense. Better be one charming are, fucking pig. <laughs> sure. And people are petty and ridiculous. And I, don't, I guess – let's take a step back. Eric – did you laugh at all watching this movie? Did it make you laugh to put it in Tarantino terms? Uh, Did it make you laugh? <laughs> uh, the only parts that made me laugh were the guy shredding guitar over over the whole cemetery. That was funny, and him kind of making fun of his dopey older brother. That that made me giggle. And then that the older brother guy, like everything he said, sitting at his desk, like he was just an absolute moron. And he's like a low rent PJ Fleck kind of piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and just like this guy can't be for real. Like he cannot be for real. Um, that made me giggle a bit. I, I don't know. Um, See, the rendering plant guy always makes me laugh. But we get some real whiners, you know. We had a gal that worked for us, and just right there, she couldn't even see anything. She had to quit. It bothered her so much. We got a lie. We got the elephant. We have the giraffes. We got a lie and say we don't have the animals because people get all worked up. Bunch of whiners. Very, very funny. And then there's a woman who's, like, making this obnoxious sound to try to get her dog to talk. <laughs> And it just—it's the weirdest, dumbest thing. So, like, animals make people do that. She's just they're making inane sounds to try to get a dog to make also inane sounds. There was there was one part of this movie I've thought about uh, quite a bit since I saw it, and it was the it was oh, the man. the dad that owned the the successful pet cemetery, and he was like talking about why there was this explosion in pets. And I found it, and I was like, holy shit, I had never really thought about it that way. And he talks about how basically birth control is the reason there's a pet cemetery and the reason everybody has pets. And he's like, he breaks down how women stopped having kids at a younger age because of birth control, because they could control when they got pregnant. And so then they filled this gap of not having kids in with pets. But then there's the, like, chain effect of the, like, in-laws, like, or the grandparents that don't have grandkids anymore, so they get pets. And so now everybody in this whole family chain has these pets that they're attached to and that they love. And, like, then they have to do something with them after they die. And they care about them like they would. They basically replace pets for children, you know, in their lives, which is like, wow, that's 
like I, I mean, I don't know if that's a hundred percent accurate or what. Like if somebody's done some sociological studies on the the increase in number of pets, but like that seems You're not to add up. wrong about the pet explosion part of yeah. it, though. Like, like a few years ago, I had a very you know like a part time job at PetSmart in uh, St. Louis Park, Minnesota, um, stocking, and the idea of there being all of these big major stores which just specialize in food for pets and pet adoption and pet accessories, I think was not a, hardly a thing in the early seventies. There might be some small places, but the idea that you're going to have these mega stores, uh, you know, you have people who really love their pets. They have money. They'll spend money to show how much they care about their pets or because they care about their pets. And you had a little bit of that in this movie. You had the one woman, the women like bickering about, well, I don't think she loves her pet very much. And they're petty and ridiculous. You have all these people who love their pets and they want to show it. Like that guy that created the pet cemetery is so smart and cynical. It's it, it astounds me every time, right? He has uh, he talks about the different fields they have where they bury the pets. They all have like the loyalty field, the companionship, and then they also have the field of honor. Do you remember the field of honor, Eric? Wasn't it the big rock? And then they have the names chisels on the rock or whatever. Maybe, um, but he describes who gets what. what oh, was that like military do- military animals or something like that? Uh, yes, police dogs, military yeah. dogs, seeing items that are killed in the line of duty. They get yeah. buried there free of charge. Or if you're willing to pay the right price and you love your animal enough, you can bury your animal there. Um, it gets at the absurdity. Yeah, of, but that's of, funeral homes are like that too. Like sure. for humans, it's the same. Basically, just, it's not like a new concept of like the funeral people like sort of pulling one over unsuspecting. No, I'm not, not pulling over. This is rich people are doing this. I, you know, I'm not worried about somebody who. It's like maxing out a credit like, card. To what does the a casket cost? How much is a human casket? It's ridiculous. Great like, question. The great question. It all to me, it, it it begs a lot of questions about what's the point of burying something? It's dead anyway. Why is that better than rendering? The animal gets recycled and reused. What's wrong with that? Why is that so horrifying to anybody? What's so problematic with that? I don't know. Um, the guy claims that it's biblical. The rendering plant guy's like, they've been doing it since the Egyptian times. It's biblical. People argue about what God wants. Of course, this movie intersects with like faith and existentialism in a way that's super compelling to me. But why bury a human? Why bother with the pretense of, yes, a very expensive company? This is capitalism. It's where there's just kind of like it's a... Like, it's like the a, joke a, of the Big Lebowski with the with the urn. Like you got like a coffee can or something like why sure. do we want to pay all this money for sure. his, an urn? There's a little intersection of capitalism. There's a critique of capitalism almost. This guy who genuinely loved animals couldn't successfully just find a plot of land to bury them. In fact, you can't really, uh, unless it's your land, you can't just bury an animal. Actually, I think it might even still be illegal in some places to bury dead animals in on your land. I mean, there's probably ordinances and stuff like Oh, sure. I mean, not like they're going to catch you if you just no, bury but, a dog in your backyard, but yeah probably is a violation of some sort of ordinance and absurd why is that the case what's the problem with an animal being put in the ground rotting rotting animals is probably not great for well if you bury them deep enough that's not a problem and then you enrich the ground and then it becomes worm food and the cycle the circle of life continues eric um could spread disease i don't know no but the guy that genuinely cares can't make the business work. The guy that doesn't seem to care to me, like I watch the guy, um, I keep forgetting his name, Phil's the older brother. It's like Dan or David's the younger brother. Um, whatever the the guy that created the pet cemetery, he's sitting there um, looking Cal, at a picture Cal, of the dog. Was it Cal? Cal there we yeah. go. That's his right. Cal and then, um, then and Cal's wife is there too. Um, he's like, He's selling them assurance in a sort of way. He's like selling that their pets going to live in the afterlife and be waiting for them to die and they'll spend eternity together forever. At the same time, people use the word master over and over again. We have dominion over these dogs in a way that feels kind of weird. We love them, but they're subservient. There's this subservient class. That's what makes them special because we trust them, but they also don't have any agency. Um, it's all very weird, but he's like letting these people talk and he's just like, oh, he's sure, I bet he could get around. He sure looked great. 
look at the boy, that's quite a coat. And what's that breed again? And he's buttering yeah, them he's up. He's being a sales, uh, sleazy sales. Right, and that's yeah. fine. And I'm not saying that should be illegal, but there's this weird bit of capitalism mixed in here. Like the guy had his own land, so he was able to, and whatever licensing he had to do, he did. And he figured out how to make it look pretty and how to get people to spend money and get relationships with the vets. Uh, at the same time, we have the dopey older brother who is this hardcore insurance guy who got completely burnt out and was absolutely trying to... Well, that's his story. I mean, I'm sure... Well, it's part of the story of the movie. I'm sure this guy was a supreme fuck-up and everything he said was complete bullshit. You oh, know? you don't think... that You think those trophies he bought them at, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, Goodwill or whatever? Yeah. And it was, like, world's greatest bowler or whatever? You've, you've met people like that where it's like, I don't... There's not a single thing you're saying that I actually believe, but... Oh, interesting. Maybe, maybe a kernel of it is true. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. All right. Um, and then there's the, the lonely guy, the guitar player. That I mean, he's like, it's it's one of the saddest things. He's like, he writes songs. He seems like give. He's a. Do you think he's a good guitar player, Eric? You're really good. He was shredding like crazy. Yeah. Where, where I, I thought a, it was gonna end where it was like, and he moved to California and started a band and was in ZZ Top or something. I don't know. I don't know. No, he stayed at that pet cemetery and ran it. Um, he's I, no. He's no Marty McFly, but. Well. But see, he's got this thing where you know he's like he wants to be a songwriter, right? He's he came of age in the '60s, the uh, Rolling Stones and a bunch of other bands. The Who came on the scene with this awesome guitar shredding that he really wanted to emulate. And he seems like he's got a book full of songs. Like there's this part of you that you know you want that dream. You've got that dream that someday they'll be published and you'll be a well-known musician. But then he also is old enough that he's starting to see like okay. Maybe that's not going to happen for me. And he's there alone in the, is it the chicken coop where he's staying? He's got that little like chicken coop that's been repurposed to a house. And yeah, he's just blaring and shredding these guitars uh, over this big field of dead animals. Um, and it's like this, there's this incredible, poetry is not the right word. I don't have the vocabulary for it, but there's like something beautiful about this guy just, playing and for his dreams to no one um in particular just uh, 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 it's he's what play, happened he's playing for the animals i guess i mean do you think their spirits are around yeah. hovering okay that's interesting um and then of course every animal dies every person dies so you i mean you talk about the funeral industrial complex i mean yeah it's it's bizarre but it seems even more bizarre for an animal um you know i think it's a thing like you could talk to people that were around in the early 1900s, like, wait, you, you, you're paying somebody to for a piece of land to bury your animal? And it would be profoundly, like, bizarre to them. And even my mom, who grew up on a farm, we only had pets. Well, we had a dog because, you know, my dad got sick and he'd won one for a long time. My mom was like, animals really need to have a purpose and we live just in a house. There's no reason to have a dog. They just take up space and they're annoying and you have to Pay to keep them alive. See, me and your mom on the same page. Um, but then, yeah, dad gets cancer, and then she's like, "Well, I better let him have an animal." Um, uh, but doesn't get it. Doesn't care. Um, that's not the point of them. But then there are people who love them so much they're willing to spend loads of money bearing an animal instead of, I don't know, feeding an animal. They're not giving that money to the humane society. It's all money that could be go to somewhere else. That well, land could be cultivated in a billion different also ways. Also, the like puppy farm aspect of that. How, how much does their need for an animal create this industry that's like awful, oh, yeah. and inhumane to yeah. animals? That's the oh yeah, that's the that's a further byproduct of the pet explosion that Cal talks about. I mean, you're totally it's totally there. Like people want animals, but they especially want cute young animals. Right. And so now there's a market for puppies. So then they'll take female dogs and force them to just turn out puppies. And then a bunch of dogs end up in animal shelters because uh, people have one of their puppies and they get big and, oh, this is actually kind of a buzzkill having a dog. So it's so, it's so funny, to, like, honestly, and this is maybe just part of my part of my brain that doesn't work right. And it's a it's a defect. One of my hang ups, one of my one of my complications. But like I've had I've had this argument with my wife about like the look of dogs, right? She she's always oh that's such a cute dog. That's a really that's an adorable looking dog. And to me it's like I don't know what you're talking about. 
Like, what makes a dog more attractive than another dog? Like, I, I, I seriously, I literally don't, I don't know the difference between one dog or another. And like, oh, that's an ugly dog. Oh no, that's a really, that's a handsome, really good looking dog. It's like, what are you talking about? It's a, it's a dog. I don't like. There's, it's a different, like, it's a different animal. It has different, like, like fur color or whatever. But like, and well, they have different personalities for sure. Um. No, that's a fair question. I, just, I, mean, I don't subjective. get it. Is there something There's wrong no hard line. It's just, no, it's. I would have opinions about what kind of dog I'd want. I don't know that I would say one dog is cute or another. I mean, I, I for example, despise small dogs, little yippy dogs. I kind of think I, I'm kind of in the the Ron Swanson. A dog that's less than 50 pounds is basically a cat, and cats are pointless. I, I don't love them. They're insecure. They're yippy. They're annoying, and I don't think they look cute. They just agitate me. I don't want a dog that I might. You know, don't let, your, like by don't let your cat hear that the cat you have now. He's he's a a jerk. And here's the thing: this is why this is why it's so complicated. Like the honest truth is, we've had this cat for basically 13 years, basically as long, almost as long as I've known my now wife. I, I've had this cat in my life. He's a curmudgeon. He's a jerk. He's not good with kids. Um, I've got three kids, and he's kind of this burden that we have to deal with, and yet. Whether that's in a five days or five years, that cat's gonna die, and I'm gonna miss the cat. Are you gonna put sucks. it in a pet cemetery? No, absolutely not. And we're not gonna do an expensive surgery to keep it alive or anything. He's got Re- a problem with his teeth that would cost 750 bucks to fix, which we're not gonna spend on a cat. Rendering plant? Do you send it to a rendering plant or? I, I just I'd say I'll call a vet and say, hey, we just. We got a dead cat. Where can we put this? And the vet'll say, "Here's your brochure for this wonderful pet cemetery." It's like, I don't care. Give me the cheapest option. But my point is, I will still miss him when he's gone. Even though my history with him is largely contentious, he's not a very nice cat. He's not very fun. Um, but as far as like what dogs people find attractive, it's subjective. It has to do with because well, even and even the friends guy, and even the guy when when he shows him the picture, oh, that's such an attract. What a beautiful dog! Like. I could tell by that coat. Like, if you showed me the picture of your dog, I'm like, that's a dog. Yeah, that's a that's a or real do you, dog. Do you like the concept of hair hanging over the dog's eyes? Does that seem appealing to you? I no, I, no but it doesn't seem unappealing. I I have no opinion on it. I, so you wouldn't rather have a dog with not having fur blocking its eyes? It's completely indifferent to you. I mean, it would. I guess that would look like frustrating. Like you can't see dog. Like you literally. So cannot I see, see that dog, and I think that stresses me out. Even though the dog was able to get around pretty yeah, good. Or how does, does it constantly brush its hair? Like how does it even see if it has hair in it? There are there dogs that literally have hair in their face. Did you not? If you look at the picture, the dog had like it's almost like cousin it. Like it had big long hair that came over its eyes, and he commented about how oh he couldn't see, but I bet he got around anyway. No, um, I, I wasn't watching it that closely. I guess. I, I anyway, but it doesn't matter. I, you could, we could talk about a series of dogs, and I could force you to rank them and talk out why you think the difference is it, and maybe you'll just shrug your head and say I don't care, and that's fine. It, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's just this absurd, bizarre practice. I mean, one of the guys in the first cemetery lost twenty grand in. Like 1977. The guy, the guy drinking his beer? The guy drinking his curse when he was doing the interview? Two, I, well, no, I think this wasn't the guy drinking. There, there was the guy who had... I, um, he had like an accent, the guy with the curse. Cool, yeah, this was yeah. the other guy. He's okay. like, yeah, he didn't get contracts, and boy, they put him about 20 grand, I'll never get back. I suppose you just got to start again. It's very depressing. Um, but Yeah, 20 grand back then was a pretty big chunk of money. I mean, I'd be upset about losing twenty grand, and now it would right. be. Uh, like would if be, I was like, "Hey Ben, I got a business idea. Let's start a pet cemetery," and then you give me twenty grand, and I'm like, "Hey, sorry, it, I didn't get any contracts." Lost your right, money. right. Uh, I would be pretty, pretty cross with you, but we're also like, "Hey attorneys. Ben, let's start a podcast." You got twenty. Well, this point we have not put twenty grand in the podcast. Uh, if we were going to do that kind of money, yeah, I would. We probably need to figure out some paperwork and form a partnership or something. Um, the stakes are much less lower. Um, we don't have contracts for our podcast. No, we don't. We don't have a single contract. This is where our at will con- uh, podcasters, uh, independent contractors. Sure. Um, and so, but this is oh, this is your favorite movie. So in the history, before of I started it uh, again, I thought, all right, am I just being pretentious? 
is this a great movie? And I, or I'm just saying this because I think it sounds cool. This is, I mean, it's just me. I'm just the one on this hill. Am I going to die on this hill? And then get buried with the the dogs and the cats and the snakes and the other animals that got buried. And the second I started watching it, I was like, oh, no, I'm back. This is I don't have the movies I watch every year that you do, but I think this is a movie maybe I need to watch every year because I watched it and just the second it gets going, I'm like, all right, I'm here. This just is, to get your mind right, you I, need to play I'm this. exploring. This is this is the human condition. It's all right here. Every bit of it. And I can't get any more specific. This is it. This is what I'm watching. And I see these people, and they're characters now that I've, again, I don't know, it's six, seven times I've seen this movie. Like, oh, yes, I'm back with these characters, back talking about it. I mean, I, from a filmmaking standpoint, I love the editing. I think this movie is so incredibly edited. Um, the transitions are great when he cuts people off. There's a woman who's talking about one of her dogs dying. Um, and she's like, you know, my advice though, I'd be everybody, if you've got a pet, want to make sure when they're about two or three years old, she kind of takes a while to get there. And right, she's about to say it. She's like, get your pet. And the husband comes in neutered and then it cuts. It's like, oh, what a great little cut. Or the, uh, this is a pedantic term, Eric, but the, the mise-en-scene, you know, just the framing and everything that goes into each shot, every still from that, but the Coors, um, to... The guy with all the trophies, the guy sitting by the pool, um, the younger brother just like talking about the plots and how it works and how you have to dig a hole the exact right size. If it's too small, the pet won't fit in. But if it's too big, you're wasting too much space and that's bad capitalism. Uh, it's just superb. It's immaculately framed and the way everything contrasts with each other. It's amazing. Uh <laughs> The only thing, if I had to cut something, and I don't want to cut anything, but if I had to cut anything, it would definitely be the rambling old lady in the middle oh of the movie. Oh, my God. About the it, cats. It's the only part that doesn't actually fit, um, really. She's just, just rambles on and contradicts herself. And that car honks, and she's freaking out about that. Yeah. Oh, like, what's that? Yeah. She starts talking about kittens, and then how she's moved up here, and people know her, and then he gave her money, and then he does, he's working, and then he's not working. Maybe he is. And that's it. You never hear from her again. Just that one little one little bit i mean i like it it's it's weird it's apropos of nothing it's just kind of crazy like that woman's only contribution to the long term uh of human culture is that she just gave a rambling monologue in this weird documentary from 1978 um i don't know the movie makes me laugh i I laugh getting three or four good laughs have you ever seen documentary now the show um I saw the first episode. It's a mix of like Blair Witch and yeah. something else. Um, I can't remember the other one that was it was blending together. Um, and I know there's one that like spoofs Nanook of the North and a bunch of other documentaries. I mean, I, if you want a documentary that like actually documents a, a particular phenomenon or historical moment, this the reason why I like Errol Morris so much as a filmmaker is he's not. That's not at all what I see when I see the point of this movie. This point is is existential. And it's broad. It's we're talking about an aspect of of human condition in a I don't know profound way. We're not really talking about what happens to this particular pet cemetery. We are talking about the concept of pets and death and the afterlife. And they create this like universalist church to convince people that their pets are going to go to heaven and everybody gets to be a member and we don't exclude it's like just another cynical layer of do they baptize animals i don't think we see that in this movie but it's something he might charge you for like oh for a nominal fee we'll baptize your to pet. make sure they go to heaven and sure yeah. yeah you're a catholic so you think the pet you know dogs have to be baptized you're like what if a dog murders a bunch of people do they go to heaven is it literally an all dogs go to heaven situation who knows? Um, but it's these collision of things. And I don't think Errol Morris is interested. This isn't a movie that's about that particular like thing that happened in 1978. So much as about what, why is this happening? And the way that the it, it, it's edited is just superb. We don't, I mean, he finds these people who say these things. I'm like, I, you couldn't write a movie better than this. This is just absolutely spot on. Perfect. I, so, Eric, if you had to, and I said, I said one of the reasons why I love this movie is that I would give this to an alien that wanted to understand the human condition. 
let's say I'm an alien. I say, Eric Lane, show me a movie that you think best encapsulates the human condition. What movie would you show me? I, oh, boy. I don't I, – I mean, that's a – You don't think about movies this way generally, I don't I think, don't. But. No, I mean, I think a movie's more uh, for entertainment and, I mean, not teaching me how – Life is, you know, or defining life in a film. I guess I, I've never thought of that. Um, but I, I don't think this movie would. How I wouldn't want aliens to think this is how humans are, or this is like what human life is. Okay. I don't. Know. I I don't agree with that. I this is a documentary about some weird people and how much they love pets and. Where they bury them after they they die. I, but it's a there are. A, I bet there's a mi- I bet there's a million other documentaries about life and death and what it means to be alive and that are more profound uh, in terms of like the human experience than this. I just don't I don't know a lot of documentaries. It's just not something that I care a whole lot about. Um. So. Well, see- this movie is about those things, and it's also not about the. It's just, it, and it doesn't have answers. It doesn't seek answers. It's not really. I'd probably show it, the alien like Dumb and Dumber. I think that. Yeah, that would help. Show, this is this is what it's about. like. Man, Eric, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> um, but this movie's it's all questions. I would just show the alien our podcast. I would say, listen to the Pot of Dreams, and you'll learn what it's like to be human. I guess I. You know, it's like. What an absurd thing to do, to bury a pet in the ground. Like Boyhood, the movie Boyhood. I think that movie shows what it's like to be alive, to be a boy in modern... In the hood? Yeah, Boys in the Hood and then Boyhood. Oh, No, the movie Boyhood. Uh, Okay, I got you, I think that like that would if you, if an aliens don't know what human life is like, I think that would show like what it's like to just grow up, be a kid and grow up to be, you know, a teenager. I think that that shows this more profound and telling about the human experience for a, a white boy in America. I mean, I love Boyhood, so that's fine. I mean, that's a that's a great that's a great movie, and I'd, I'd be happy if you showed that to aliens, um, Eric. But this is a movie. It doesn't try to say burying pets is a bad thing or it's a good thing. It, it seems to just document what a huge chunk of the population does and all the things that go into what should just simply be throwing a pet into the ground. And we get we get the aspect of of how performative spending money on your pet is. Oh, I get to spend money because I want to show how much more I love my pet than you. Um, oh, you you want your pet to be moved? Well, I don't, and that that means I love my pet more than you. And it's frankly nonsense and ridiculous. But at the same point, if you're an old lady living by yourself, that might make you feel really a lot better. Give you something to take care of and somebody, something to look after might really enrich your life. I understand that's not you, Eric, but it's also why does having an animal animal that was, well, it's like buying a nice car for some people that like, really makes their quality of life improve. I have this like really nice car. I love driving. I love being in it. It makes me happy. Like, okay, good. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. they get to. I'm not saying it should be illegal, but how I mean, your pet's dead. Why does it matter where it's buried? Why do you need to spend more money on it to show how much you love it? It's the ground. It's all the ground. What what difference does Well why why, why do we of... bury any dead things? Like Correct. I don't, I don't want to be why? buried. I I don't want a grave. I like I, yeah, I well, that's a, exactly that is absolutely bubbling under the surface. And it's like, what a weird concept to begin with. You can drive anywhere and see headstones from people who've been dead a very long time, just their corpses rotting in the ground. Why? I don't know. It's it's a bizarre thing. Why is, is it important to spend? Is Earl Morris on... dead? Is he still alive? Um, he is still alive. Oh, okay. He's still so around. Say, we could visit his grave when when he. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know why, but sure, we could, if that would be important to you. He's probably in California somewhere, so it'd be a, a bit of a trek to get out there. But hey, um, no, he's still plugging line. I mean, he was like in his 20s when this movie came out, so I, you know, I don't I, you know, he's getting on, but I'm, he's quite on the cusp of death's door. But it's, it's, this is the question. Like, what, what's the point of burying animals or people? It's why? to be remembered. I mean, that's, I mean, that's. Why does them, I mean, if, 
Well, you said you don't want a, a grave. So do you think people will forget you? Do you think your family would forget you? Well, over time, yeah. I mean, so no matter how many headstones or how big of a yeah. monument you create, you get forgotten. I mean, how many gravestones are out in the world that are just literally never visited ever? Like never ever. Probably the majority of them. Correct. And even my father's. I mean, I I don't even know that I look at it every year. It's. Like I've been maybe, to my dad's place like three times in my whole life. And if he wasn't buried somewhere, uh, I wouldn't. Well, he's not, he's, he was cremated anyway, so there's not there's not like a okay. body there. So. Well, my dad was buried, but it's like even then, I'm not going to forget him. But there's a line in this movie like, "Death is really." For the living, not the dead, and it's it's a thing that we do, like we, not you and me, Eric, but we humans as a species do, for some weird ritualistic reason that doesn't actually really make any sense, but we feel like it matters. Um, and I don't, I mean, I don't think this movie says it does or it doesn't matter, but it asks a lot of questions on that front. Do you believe uh, in heaven? I don't no. know, we're, getting, we're getting heavy here, but do no, you? I, I, we you believe there's a soul that goes, exits your body and goes up to some You and I have already place? had this conversation. No, I am an ag- not, agnostic not on the, atheist. Not on the podcast. I oh, don't. You, you want me? Well, no, I'm an agnostic atheist. What about you, Eric? Do you think uh, your father's consciousness is no, around I, somewhere? I, I think it all goes black when you die, and it's just over. That's my opinion on it. Sure. That seems very plausible. Uh, possibility. I don't know that for certain, but I, if you forced me to guess, I would have that, and it, that I, same it's guess. It's the same for pets. They, they When they die, it's just over. Their life so, no longer is existing. So then when people say, my dog is up there in heaven at the Rainbow Gate or whatever it is, they're just, what are they, they're just believing it false it's, fan- it's fantasy. They're just yeah. trying to make themselves feel better about yeah. the fact that they'll never get to see their pet again. Yeah. Alive. Uh-huh. Um, Dude, look at how big our universe is. Like, you think there's a fucking place for these little specks on one little planet where things die? Like, no, of course not. And yet, Eric, we have a cemetery where people can pay extra money to bury their animals in a special plot. I'm putting special in quotes, plot of land. Is it? See, these are these. Isn't the fact, Eric, that we're having this discussion mean it's a great movie? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Sometimes you pull that card. When we're having, we're discussing something. In the I, movie, I, but... I think, I mean, I, I think it makes it w- worthwhile. I don't think it makes it great. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, I mean, it, to... it's gonna. What's the purpose of it? Is it, is it to have a discussion? I mean, it's like you could read an interesting book and like, oh, that's a, that was a really interesting. Did I love it? Is it a great book? I don't know. Maybe not. But had an interesting concept and we could have a conversation on it. I don't think it makes it great. Okay. Fair enough. But, I mean, I see this movie and I see there's almost a sort of Rorschach. So somebody that loves pets and thinks burying them is great can see this and, and get defensive because the movie's being too critical of that. Or I think the movie's celebrating pet cemeteries and how great they are. Again, I don't think it's doing either one of those things explicitly. It's just it contrasts these two ideas in a way that's really great. I mean, that the guy that has the failed pet cemetery, he, I mean, he never got over the loss of this collie when he's a kid. He's four or whatever. That little collie followed me everywhere. Boy, love that little dog. He talks about how you can't trust people, but you can trust animals, and he just never got over it. And he talks to Lee about beating the rendering plant to pick up a dead animal. And, like, he's racing to pick up a dead animal, um, which is both kind of pathetic and lame and also really sweet because to him it matters a lot. So when I was in college – I worked for a recycling plant for the university and uh, they the would, you? the you, they would part and not the place, not the uh, office that I worked at or the, the plant that I worked at, but another part of the plant, they would recycle animals because the university would do tests on animals. Sure. Um, you know, for, they'd, for, you know, research purposes or whatnot. And so they'd have to dispose of them. And they, I, I heard a story once where there was a giraffe that they, brought in to test and do research on it and it was you know it's obviously drafts have really long necks right and sure, they had it in this, they had it in this open truck but didn't realize that there was like overpasses and they 
it ran through the overpass of the giraffe's head, got chopped off. Is this real? This, I, this is a story I was told. I, I don't. It, like I don't you know heard it drunk at a party? Well, no, no, no. They were the guys that the teamster guys that worked at this plant would tell the <laughs> the college students that would come and work there this story because they said, you know, sometimes we get animals in these special like containers that they had to recycle. And he's like. <laughs> We, one time we had this giraffe coming through in different body parts. And they didn't had, know that it had clearance? Right. Oh, yep. my God. I just That memory just popped in my head as we were talking Did they recycle about. the giraffe? Yeah, that's what the plant – that's why it what came they, to their plant. What did they make the giraffe out of? Uh, what, what, what can you do with giraffe bones? I have no idea. I don't I, – was it a rendering plant technically? I don't know. I guess I didn't ask I mean, those questions. But, like, uh, it's – I mean, the, and the whole reason why rendering plants kind of makes sense – I mean – Capitalism again. Here's more capitalism stuff because the rendering plant is needed for all these animal products, which are in everything. That like guy they call Mac, uh, Floyd McClure. Kept, I can't always want to think of him as Troy McClure from like The Simpsons. Um, he's not a vegan. He's not neglecting. All, he's not like I'm. I'm right. done with all animal products. He uses animal stuff from rendering plants probably all the time. Yeah, like he's his fucking just, Jello or gelatin is like byproduct from animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And okay, uh, you know, he's not making that choice. He's not rejecting meat. He's eating or how much less, how much personality do pigs have as opposed to dogs, right? There can be charming motherfucking pigs that have more or better personalities than dogs. But are you eating bacon? Mm, probably. Probably a guy that grew up on a farm, you're probably eating animal meat all the time. Why is that different? Have you, have you thought about it? No, you have this weird one that a pet's like it. People love pets because the pets adore you. They give you unconditional love, and they don't push back. That, I, that do what you want. I don't find that to be true. Pets, pets only love you because you take care of them and you treat them with kindness. Uh, it's fine. I'm giving you, you a reason pet why. like shit. They're not going to give you unconditional love. I, I, I'm just saying what pet owners will tell you about pets. I'm not necessarily saying what I would say about pets. Um, but they don't care how you look, right? You, no matter uh, pets, yeah. As long as you're feeding your dog and taking care of its needs, um, the dog. Do you think dogs have... judge humans? Like that's a good looking human. Oh no, that's a bad no, looking. No, exactly. They just like, hey, you're taking care of me, and I love you back. This is kind of stuff that pet owners say, and so because pets can reflect a love back on you that other animals can't, they get special treatment in the world of humans. Um. It's just, it's bizarre. There's just so many contradictions. and Do weirdness. your kids not ask for a dog? No. My, my kids constantly ask for dogs. I know you were going to try to get one, and then you just, you shrugged that off. You couldn't yep. find the right the right kind. No. Um, couldn't find a handsome enough animal. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, it sounds like your family has pretty particular but that was, opinions yeah, about My dogs. wife was like, no, no, we can't, not that dog. That's not a, that's an ugly dog. I'm like, what Maybe she you... just doesn't want a dog and she's looking for reasons to just not get maybe, one. Maybe, maybe. She can say she wants one, it's just not the right one, you know? Yeah. Um, and it'll never be the right one. I mean, we've got a cat who's grumpy, can't be around the kids because he'll lash out, especially at the three-year-old. Um, like claws out and stuff? Well, no, he'll hiss first. He, oh, okay. He's more of just a biter. Being near, just being near your daughter, the well, cat will hiss. Well, he can handle the seven-year-old now because seven-year-old can kind of boundaries and seems more, you know, close enough to an adult that he's okay with it. The three-year-old doesn't respect boundaries and just, I mean, isn't trying to hurt the cat, but, you know, wants to pet or prod in ways that would irritate the cat, and the cat just doesn't trust her. So she'll get close, and you'll get the... And he'll growl and hiss. And the next step would be a bite, because he's a biter more than a clar. He has been, you know, ever since I've known him. I used to go to the bathroom at night, and he would run and clamp down, break skin, and then run off. Um, wow, that's a like, jerk move. Oh, he's a, he was always a jerk. This is like, you know, 2011 in uh, South Minneapolis, Eric, is this happening. Um, so, no, uh, and we don't want any more animals. I mean, our bandwidth is pretty strung out with three kids. There's just not a lot of room for another entity to take care of. Um, but, no, they haven't. They like seeing dogs, like, we're in a park and a dog walks by. They'll pet the dog. I assume your daughters are the same. Oh, but... my, my kids love love animals. Do you look Absolutely. at them and think, you guys are, I don't understand no, you. I... You're, you're weirdos. They like didn't, get animals? It, didn't get it from me, I guess, is the... Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot more to say. I, I just think, and it's it's not long. 
Um, it's a movie that speaks to me. Uh, it helps encapsulate how I view humans in general. Uh, absurd, sweet, awful, petty, nice, thoughtful, pathetic, all in one film package. It's perfect. Um, yeah, we didn't talk more about the jerk older brother. You, th- you just think he's a liar. I, I, I Maybe. I think he's just a, a dope. I mean, when he says stuff like we had Valentine's party to try to get their wives, to get their husbands to work harder, to make more money. I'm like, God, if that's true, that's awful. Um, that's a really big jerk move. I mean, I don't know if you caught that story where mm-hmm. it's like, we'd have, it's like, we have a script and we show them how awesome and wonderful it is. And then uh, they'd have to work or mock the guys making 9,000 or do an interview where he'd have just his trophies in there to like try to impress people. And then he ends up below his brother, ultimately. I mean, that's where it is. Like, he ends up working at the family business lower on the rung. And he doesn't he doesn't inherit the business. It's the Doing younger the brother. the yard work, yeah. Well, it's the younger brother who ends up running it when the father well, dies. I'm sure that guy was just a real fuck-up, is my guess, the older brother. You, you don't believe him when he says he just burnt out? No, I think. that guy was full of shit. He, he did a lot of coke. Yeah, did a lot of cocaine. Was a complete jerk. He put his. Nobody likes somebody who puts their trophies up like that. What? what that that guy's terrible. Yeah, a, a PJ Fleck type for sure. No, nobody likes those guys. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Again, I kept thinking like this guy. I bet that guy would have been a great college football coach if he had pursued that instead of whatever Cause, other. Because uh, I mean, didn't I remember talking about PJ Fleck, the guy that talked about the Big Ten Championship trophy being the Ark of the Covenant or yeah. something like that. Okay. Uh-huh. And has all sorts of obnoxious catchphrases and things to do. Like, it's all about being in your mind and perspective and putting good thoughts into your mind and not putting bad thoughts out there. And there's a where the guy talks about how he wrote his brother a letter to motivate him, and the brother just dismissed it, didn't care about some stupid. Can you imagine if your older brother is like, Eric, if you want it and you achieve and you work hard, you can accomplish your goals and live your dream. What if your brother wrote you a note like that, Eric? I'd be like, this is stupid. Yeah. (laughs) You're dumb. (laughs) Exactly. I just like everything. Honestly, if if one day you heard that PJ Fleck was quitting and had to go to rehab because, you know, he couldn't handle it, like, I I would, that wouldn't surprise me. Sure. Like, this guy just burns out because he's been lying to everybody for his whole career and he just couldn't do it anymore. Like, yeah. most of these college football coaches are just such psychopaths where they don't care anymore. And that like, they literally have no feeling about anything they're doing. They're all, they all lie constantly. That's all they do. They only have this, the pursuit of the high of a win. That's yeah. it. Give me the, give me the rush of a big win. Right. Everything else is. Or you get guys that. like uh, Kirk Ferentz who just settles in and doesn't have to do anything really to achieve what he wants, and he's fine with that. And his kid only has to score yeah. 25 points a game to keep his $900,000 well, a year job. He's losing his job at the end of next year. That was just a way to get him fired, so it's not Kirk's decision, but we don't need to talk about No, it's fine. That's, a, that's, a, that's the other podcast. But yeah, I just don't get it. I don't get this movie. I don't, I don't get why. I heard everything you said. I, I hear you. I just, I don't get it. That's fine. I didn't Sorry. think you would. I picked my favorite. I didn't say what would Eric like or what would make sense to Eric. Yeah, that's fine. And, and this is a movie I think about. And, and to be honest, you're not completely alone. I showed my wife the movie, and she was just like, yeah. She, I think, chuckled a couple of times but didn't care. It didn't, didn't matter to her. And showed it to some of my other friends, and they liked some parts of it. But it, it hasn't landed with anybody else the way it's landed with me. So, you know, I'll be the lone weirdo. Playing his guitar to a bunch of dead animals who can't hear me. Did you identify with him the most in the movie? Um, uh, I mean, if I'm projecting everything, it's like he's the probably the person I straight up liked the most of all the characters. Although the rendering plant guy makes me laugh too. Uh, just calls people whiners and it's like gets we get people protesting. You know, they get people protesting. The zoo has a lot. The zoo doesn't want to pay to bury a giraffe, right? The zoo doesn't want to like. Pay for a big plot of land to bury a full-on fucking giraffe or an elephant? That's ridiculous. So we got to lie. This lady quit because she couldn't handle the letters. It's back there. You can't even see anything, and she couldn't deal with it. Gal had to quit. Um, 
So no, I, those are the well, guys. Well, it's like that... cremate. Like I heard somewhere that vets are. Did we talk about this already? That vets have like a really high depression rate because they're just like constantly keep putting down animals. You know, sure. like that that's like hard to do on a daily basis. No, I'm sure yeah. it is. I mean, we put our dog to sleep. Yeah. It was very. I was, I was the one that took him. It was very tough. You know, they give him a shot, and then about ten seconds later, he's dead. They're like, oh. I just killed my dog. I mean, somebody else did it, but they did it because I said right. to do it. But um, somebody else had to do it. Like this, it's got to get done. It's a job. And then that's somebody had to it. cart my dog's carcass away and put to it the in a, to the rendering plant. Rendering plant, burn pile. I don't care. We yeah, we didn't yeah. bury it. Same thing with the cat. We I mean, cat we had grown. I don't know whatever happened to it. And I and I don't really care. I have the memories with the animal, and that's it. That's all that's left anyway. Really. Do whatever you need to do with the body. Bury it somewhere if you want. Fine. I don't want to pay for it. If you don't want to do it, then burn it. But um, I get that you don't get it. It's fine. I need that going in. Uh, thanks for humoring me for this discussion, Eric. I, I mean, how bad's the damage for you? Is it uh, is it below THX one one three eight? No, it's higher than that. Like I said, the, the the there were definitely things that made me think. I mean, I I connect in it. I think in the way that it did for you, where it made me think about a lot. Made me think about pets. Made me think about funerals. Well, that, I'll take that. I'm grasping at straws, but I appreciate it. it. Made you think about some things a little bit. That's. I just it's just not. I don't enjoy it. Like like I will never watch this again unless you for some reason make me I, yeah we're gonna just do this every time i'm gonna be right back gates of heaven now nope. uh, in two weeks we're gonna no, do it again. i think i had two two and a half stars is what i gave it um was tabloid two or was it two and a half also I think it, was, it might have been two and a half might have been the same okay right in that range obviously a five for me love it um it's short at the very least it's weird there's not gonna be there aren't any movies like there might be movies that talk about pets or whatever uh, or death or dying in some sort of cloying way with voiceover narration, which is desperately trying to make a point or articulate some injustice. But there's not going to be a documentary like this before or since, I don't think. And I think it's worth an hour and yeah, 20 you, minutes. Of you time. got you got Roger Ebert on your on your sure. side for sure. evidence. Sure. And it, it was on, I saw, was it the Sight and Sound or whatever? I saw it on a couple people's lists. I would, occasionally those people's top ten lists would come in my Twitter feed somehow. And I would see, okay, it was on a couple of people's lists. So it's not just me, but it's a very small devoted Did he win, of, did this win any awards? Was it like I doubt Oscar it. nominated? I don't even know when the best documentary category started. Um, it might have started by the 70s, I'm not sure. Um, but it's relatively late. Best documentary... Oscar start here. I don't see any awards stuff on Wikipedia. Oh no, this is 40s. I'm way wrong. Um, no, I, I I'm sure it did. None of his movies. Maybe like Fog of War won something. That's the one where he um, just interviews Robert McNamara about the Vietnam War, basically. Yeah. Ebert, I've seen this film perhaps 30 times, and I'm still nowhere near the bottom of it. All I know is it's about a lot more than pet cemeteries. Well, I, I agree. Yeah. Radically. It's, um, but, all right. Now, this is a tricky one for our uh, five degrees. Were you able to do it, Eric? Yeah, and I think we probably went the same direction because you mentioned the Warner Herzog. There's only one um, real direction to go. So, Phil Her- Harbert, the brother. the Yes, the guy the we didn't like who... Yes, he's in he's in the Warner Herzog documentary called Warner Herzog Eats His Shoe, which I need to watch some point. I think I would enjoy it. I don't think it's so, the best movie ever, but that sounds. I fun. mentioned I mentioned the documentary now show. I, there's they just premiered the new season a couple weeks ago, and there's a two part episode um, starring the Northman guy. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, b- big tall dude, big tall Swedish guy. Anyways, he plays like a pseudo yeah. Warner Herzog. Where he like makes this documentary in this village, and it's just like this sort of like Gonzo documentary style, where there's it's it's hilarious. Uh, I really love. Is it a spoof on Burden of Dreams? So he uh, yeah with the with the boat. The sh- with, yeah, that yeah. that movie's Fitzcarraldo, which is a great movie. But I, I also heard that Burden of Dreams is a great documentary about the making because it's he literally has to drag all that stuff that happens. He has to literally drag a boat 
over this patch and of land. And it doesn't work, and he lo- it loses it. Like, it, it completely Yeah, it's a big destroyed. problem. It's a big pain in the ass. It was yeah. absurd. And anyway, so I haven't but seen that one. The, but The documentary now is like, it's this. It's filming a documentary about this Warner Herzog-esque guy who gets hired to make, like, a sitcom. And he's filming the sitcom, but he's filming it in this, like, remote village out in, like, Antarctica or something with, like, the Eskimos. I already like this. And so it's like, it's like he's filming the... The, the sitcom with these Eskimos that he or the you know these native people that ha, have just lived there, but then he's also there's also a documentary about him filming it at the same time, and it's just it's hilarious. But um, yeah, so Warner Herzog's Eats a Shoe is the second one, and then from I assume you you did the same thing, right? That's the yes, that's our yeah. first step is exactly the same. And then so Warner Herzog is also in a movie called Jack Reacher. Okay, we're you two for Jack two, buddy. Reacher. All right, yeah. And then I went to Robert Duvall. Did you go to our guy Duvall? No, I saw he was in there, but I didn't go to Duvall, but that's one way. And Duvall's in a movie called John Q with Ray Liotta, and Ray Liotta's in Field of Dreams. Okay. So, so we yeah, are... I, I don't think there's any other way to get out of that movie with an actual actor, right? No, there isn't. I mean, you'd have to do Errol Morris in a different Errol Morris movie. But he's not even in it. He's not... No, you'd have to go via yeah. the director route. But he, that, no, literally, I went through... Everybody is on IMDb, and that Phil guy is the only one that has uh, a, another credit on IMDb. Everybody else, their only credit is Gates of Heaven. Like, everybody else shot this and then went back to their lives and completely didn't think about it at all ever again. Um, I went with Richard Jenkins, who I've never seen Jack Reacher, but Richard Jenkins is a character actor. You definitely recognize him. Yeah. Um, uh, He's in couple... Step Brothers. He's the guy that wanted to oh, be a that's di- right. He's dinosaur. Correct. You can't Correct. be. How can you be a dinosaur? You're human. <laughs> right, right. Um, he's in Silverado, the Western, um, with Kevin Costner, and he's also in, um, I think, Rumor Has It, a romantic comedy with Jennifer Aniston and uh, Matthew McConaughey. So either one gets you there, and then then you can go to Field of Dreams. But yes, it was the exact same path. Um, so okay. We go. Well, right, so so we did our top five favorite movies of all time. Uh, you feel good about your list? Sure. I mean, it, it, we did this again in in six months. The list might change yeah. somewhat. There's so many like ones honorable mentions, I guess, if you want to call them. That just like I could have oh, put yeah. in in any order. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, there's a ton I I didn't. I mean, there's a bunch of movies from my childhood that didn't make the cut. No, no Empire Strikes Back. No Temple or not Temple Doom. Um, Indiana Jones: The Last yeah. Crusade would be my Oh yeah, personal favorite. That's the one that mattered the most. Fury Road didn't make it. I mean, that there, oh, there's God, so many like Die Hard didn't yeah. make it. Um, I think we can go further and get more silly with some of the choices. Um, but uh, no, yeah, there, there's a there's a ton, but it would change. But I, mean, I don't think like man, I really regret any of these movies. I loved every single one of the movies we talked about. I just might make a different choice. What about yeah. you? I mean, are you rethinking Heat? Uh. You know, that's the thing is like if you think about what would you take out and it's like, oh man, I don't know if I could lose some of that. Tombstone's the one that I was like, I, I I'm sad I didn't it's not in there. That's the one I'm uh, like, how did that not happen? That's a bummer. Well I mean, would you sw- I mean i assume you'd Heat would be the movie you'd be most likely to swap for Tombstone. Maybe. Although after watching Inception this last time, I'm like, oh man, maybe I could bump that down further you know I, 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 well, interesting I, that's yeah, the movie that maybe that's, of all the of all the five that was the one that was like hmm you're a little slightly yeah slightly colder on yeah, okay interesting I think so i think so that's interesting okay i mean i still love it like it's still a fucking awesome movie but so all right well thanks for listening everybody um to our yeah. favorite movies we're gonna kind of jump back to our i guess older... regularly scheduled programming format where we just sort of randomly pick something um so i'll give some clues for this one and i think it'll be kind of fun uh all right so uh clue number one this movie uh was nominated for the best picture at the academy awards i'm not gonna say which year yet but it it was it's a best picture nominee okay i mean there are a lot of possibilities it's not no country for old men uh this movie uh made less than its budget so I think you could consider it a, a flop. That's usually the flop. Is it, it doesn't at least yeah. make his money back. I think that's the standard definition. Okay. This movie has Seth Rogen in it. 
Okay. Well, we're talking the 21st century. Uh, okay. uh, keep going. The music, the score from this music is done by a guy named John Williams. Okay. You might have heard of him. I do know John Williams. I am vaguely familiar of this indie conductor. Um, okay. The Brogan's in it. One best picture. No, nominated for best picture. Oh. Okay. Did I say one? Sorry. Nominated. You just said be- I'll, you, I, maybe you did. I don't know if you did or didn't. Okay. Nominated for best picture. Seth Rogen's in it. It's a flop. Um, is this the movie that the Steven Spielberg one that he just did? Yep. The Fablemans. Yep. Got it. Okay. So it's a new movie. I thought this will come out right around Oscar, the, the right around the awards, maybe even the week of or week before. Oh, yeah, we're coming there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. So I thought we'd do an Oscar movie. I haven't seen it. I've seen most of the – I like to watch the uh, Best Picture nominees before the, the ceremony. And so this is one I haven't seen yet. And I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about the best picture nominees. I don't know. Have you seen, as of recording this right now, have you seen any of the nominees at this Eric, point? I, I, I like the Oscars in a very silly way. I don't even know what all the nominees are. Um, I'd happy to see. All you right. have not seen Avatar 2 yet, correct? Correct. Have you seen uh, Top Gun Maverick? I did see Top Gun Maverick. So okay. I've seen everything everywhere all at once, which I loved. I've seen Top Gun Maverick, um, and that's it. Those are the two that I've seen. Banshees uh, of Inisherin is on HBO Max. Okay. Um, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front is on Netflix. I've seen the uh, 1930 version. I don't think I probably need to see this this version. I, I loved it. Spoiler, having not seen the Fablemans, that, that would be my vote. For I, I, I saw your tweet about this. It was like, Eric, going to get on that, that bunker, get on that fossil I really, I really for another war movie that's going to not I really win. liked that movie, but... That's just me. Um, I mean, of the two that I've seen, I prefer everything ever. So ones that, but. I, ha- I haven't seen Tar. Well, so I ha- I've seen part of it. Uh, I was hanging out with my brother, and uh, we had some alcohol one evening. And I was like, let's throw on Tar. It's supposed to be really good. We watched about an hour of it, and both of us were like, this is awful. Like, this is Ugh. just unwatchable. Oh, my God. And, and I don't – I mean, maybe I was missing something. It was late at night, and we had been drinking, and, like – uh, there's a lot of talking, a lot of just blabbing, 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 talking, talking, <laughs> talking, and none of it seemed to connect to anything plot or story-wise. So, we, like, we literally just turned it off. We turned it off and watched the movie Assassins with Stallone and, <laughs> and Banderas. What a but, great choice, you guys! What excellent taste but, the uh, Lane Brothers so have. I, 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 I a need movie to re- about a woman and she just talks too much and it's just boring. It's like, why don't this lady shut up? I need to rewatch it to try to figure out like why people think this movie is great. We should, so. we should watch it and try to have Brian Eggert on and, and see. I, I want him to watch his brain explode as you just talk about how it was just boring and she talked and nothing connected and there was no plot. Um, that's, but, okay. that's my takeaway from that. But yeah, so um, Fablemans, okay. uh, you will have to rent it as of right now. Are you, that's fine. I'll Venmo you the $5. Yeah, no, we're, we're fine. I'm happy to pay to watch movies that's totally fine money well spent as far as i'm concerned unless the movie really sucks but then i will blame it's, you and yeah write you a check okay well thanks for listening everybody bye get your pets neutered <laughs>